we will go ahead and get started. Um, before Pam starts, I would like to go over the ways that you can participate if you're on the PC. Oh, well, first of all, this call is being recorded for security purposes. And um, if you tap over to, if you're on a PC or a smartphone, you want to tap over to the got it button so that you can participate. If you are on a PC, to raise your hand is Alt-Y. To mute and unmute is Alt-A. If you're joining us on the Mac, to raise your hand is Option-Y. To mute and unmute is Command-Shift-A. If you're joining us from a smartphone app, you will find your More button at the bottom right corner. Double tap that and swipe to your raise hand option. To uh, and on your left-hand corner of your screen, you'll find your mute and unmute button. If you're joining us on a landline phone or a phone with a physical keypad, star 9 to raise your hand and star 6 to mute and unmute. And Pam, I will turn it over to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Welcome, everybody, and good evening. It's good to be here with you and to have you on the line for what we have called this evening a Sankofa moment. And thank you so much for the support that you've been giving over the last few weeks with our theme of celebrating black history. That Our last call in that series would have been last week, but I wasn't able to make it. I think the birthday celebration just kind of got to me. And so tonight we're still going to do what we would have done last week. So tonight is going to be a discussion call. We're going to share uh, what we got out of Black History Month. I think it has been quite a month filled with many activities, and that's exciting because someone remarked to me, I don't know how accurate it is, they said it was the first time that they could remember something like this where we had a number of activities, um, the focus was exciting, and the good part, we had a lot of people participating. So I'll be talking to you a little bit later about how we're going to keep that same spirit going. But tonight, as we begin our discussion, I just want to say a few words about this word, Sankofa, S-A-N-K-O-F-A. And it is actually a Swahili word, and it's represented, um, and as we said in our description, it's a metaphorical symbol, and it's depicted as a bird with its head turned backwards, taking an egg from its back. And so I'm going to describe it to you as best I can. Someone actually made one for me, this, this bird. And the bird has its feet facing forward. Its wings are poised as if it's about to fly. The head of the bird is turned backwards, and on its back is an egg. So the idea is that when we look back over black history, what we're really looking for is information and knowledge. That's what the egg represents. And the idea is that the bird would pick up the egg in its beak and fly forward, making progress. So tonight, I thought it might be kind of really interesting to hear your thoughts on what we did over Black History Month, um, what you got out of it. By the way, when we talk about this topic, it isn't just uh, what you got 
out of the ACB experience because you may have done other things in your communities or in your personal lives that impacted on the month. And what we looked at is where we are. I'm sorry, where have we been? Where are we now? And where are we going? So to start off, I will probably need a little bit of your help with this because I was trying to make um, a list of the various things that happened during the month and I don't want to overlook any of the things in um, ACB, but again, when we recognize you, you'll be able to tell us what this was like for you. So help me out if I forget anything. I have down here that there was a town hall meeting with uh, Dan Spoon, our president, and Cheryl, uh, the chair of our Multicultural Affairs Committee. We had uh, a call that had to do with the contributions of African Americans with ACB, and that was from MCAC as well, and the organization um, in California, part of CCB. And then we had the, these Black History calls. Uh, we also had uh, the Black History um, quiz show well, the other Saturday evening. And then we had our Library Users of America, who combined also with MCAC to introduce the new NLS director, who happens to be a person of African American descent. Um, the George Floyd movie was paid, played again, and then we had the Sunday edition show. Did I leave out any ACB-sponsored activities? I can't think of any. And you can unmute. Or Actually, let's, if you wanted to let me know that, that, why don't we have you raise your hand just in case, because I don't want to overlook anybody. Anybody have anything else on the list? Uh, Melissa, raise your hand. Okay, Melissa. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can. I can hear you just fine. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Thank you. Um, a couple of things, because one of them I had the pleasure to host, and that was mm -hmm. the call on ACB and African American history. Uh, when it, and Michael Garrett was on a panel, and so were oh, so yeah. was Stephanie and um, Cheryl did a fabulous job of de of facilitating that call. Her and Regina and. Mm -hmm. I got to host it, and it was an amazing, amazing event, and what an honor that was to actually get to host that event. But I think my, my favorite one, and I should have had one of my friends come on this call because um, he loves learning about the history of gospel songs, but the one you did, Pam, um, about the song Lift Every Voice and Sing, oh, yeah. I can't remember the title of that call. That's but, what it was called. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, something like that, but. That was yeah. a great call, and it was great to learn about the history of that song and, and getting to share, you know, what our thoughts were about the lyrics mm -hmm. and those kind of things. So those were my two favorites mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that were not I mean, listed. I remember that you shared on that call, too, your personal experiences having going to a church where they sang that song. I remember you were telling me. Yeah, and, and, they, and there were some places where they slowed down on the part of the melody or something like that mm -hmm. um my, my friend that i was just referring to he calls that the baptist way <laughs> <laughs> you know where they kind of slow they, they, they slow down you know mm -hmm. a little bit mm -hmm. Great. yeah thanks that for was sharing fun. thank you thank you uh -huh. yeah do we have any other hands wishing to share about their experience of the month and also at the same time um if you'd like to make any personal comments or say some things that you would like to consider doing. Hopefully we'll do next year's celebration as well so we can get a jump on some things with your suggestions. Anybody else want to share? 
Okay, Lynn? Hi, uh, hi, Pam. There was also a call that the White House led at the same time the IDC call was happening. It actually had both mm. going at the same time, and that was like <laughs> kind of kind of a gospel, um, kind of gospel, gospel groups. And of course, that was in uh, Washington D.C. So that was also something that happened during, you know, Black History Month. So yeah. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Yeah, and I know there's always the uh, issuance of a, a presidential proclamation, yeah. and then I think you're right. There was a sponsored call with some music and things like that um, that they did, and they've been doing that. Uh, I think for you know all a lot of the observances, I see them more and more putting them out there. Sometimes they don't last very, very long, but I think it's a good thing to go to. Thank you. All right, next up is Jane. Hi, Jane. Hey there, Pam Shaw and all the rest of you. Um, having had a background in early in early childhood education, having participated in an anti-bias leadership project years ago, I still come at it with how do we really share the burden of letting go, loving each other enough to hold on and loving each other enough to let go of whatever biases we can. And I really look forward to more conversations about particular instances where that bias has been an absolute, um, never mind the verb I was going to use or the name. <laughs> but I, yeah. I'm really, I'm really uh, committed to this whole process of conversing backward and forward and around the block mm-hmm. and coming <laughs> to grips with each other. I like that. Jane, I read something today, and I wondered, in light of your comments, what you think about this, that we can still celebrate our our differences. We can celebrate our diversity and at the same time still speak of love and respect and trust and healing. What do you think of that? So, you know what I think? Here's a big, Mm. fat, glad, heartwarming, heart-rending hug the whole cotton picking progress. I'm not sure about cotton picking, never mind. But <laughs> what I know, what I really know, is that the only way through is to talk and then to put it into actions where we can. So mm-hmm. I'd far rather reconcile with absolute honor and purity of heart than be right. I think being right is stupid. Well, it is if you're wrong <laughs> and you're saying you're right. No. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but sometimes right implies perfection. You, yes. you know what I'm trying to say? And I none do. of us are perfect. We're yeah. all growing and learning yeah. and yeah. moving hopefully forward. So thanks a lot for sharing that. By the way, guys, you do yeah. know when you make a comment, I'm most likely going to ask you a question because I believe strongly in engaging us in, in conversation and creating an environment where we all feel safe enough and yes. respected enough and that we are invited into or at the table or however we define it to share. Thanks, Jane. And, yeah, and so Jimi Hendrix, bless his soul, said, mm-hmm. when the power of love is greater than the love of power, we're going to get somewhere. Now, he said it a little mm. bit, but that is something that matters to me. When the power of love is greater than the love of power. We will have peace. There. Mm, now I'm going to shut up. 
Yeah. You please don't. <laughs> you might well, hear I that one again. I like it. <laughs> Thank I you. Won't. If you, <laughs> I will try to track down how to email you, and I'll email it to you because it's just one of my favorite of all times. It's just straight on and right to the core, and mm-hmm. spreads our wings and makes our roots grow deep in the right ways. Beautiful, beautiful. Anyone else? Uh, Meryl. Hi. Um, hey. Yeah, I, um, I've i never looked at color. I mean, it doesn't matter to me what the person <laughs> is. Everybody should love each other. And it just pains me with all the strife that's going on. And, you know, I really want uh, world peace. It should be really world <laughs> peace. But everything that's going on is so upsetting. You know, we need more yeah. dialogue. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and can I can I jump in with yeah. that one for a minute? This is Jane. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Meryl, is that okay with you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I love your heartache about that. I really do. But here's, here's the challenge. When people say exactly what you said, like, I just believe in all people. Um, and, and it doesn't matter how different we are. In a way, I understand the commendation of that. But I also say when you do that, it's a cop out because I personally, and I can't speak for Pam, I don't ever want people to ignore or disallow or whatever you want oh, to no. say. The fact that I am totally blind. Blindness utterly, deeply shapes how I come at the world. That, that's and, true. You're right. And, and so what I would love it if people would learn to say is, you know, I yeah. don't know how to have your blindness on my plate. Help me do that. And besides that, I also want to just know you for who else you are. Oh, in true. addition to blindness. But people need to say that instead of just say, well, I think everybody's special. Oh, you know, okay. I don't know. I, I agree anyway. with you. You're right. And everybody well, struggles with that. their own diversity and inclusion and, you know, the gifts they have and, and you know, their um, heritage and everything. And being Jewish, I mean, Lynn and I have... Um, uh, had anti-Semitism, and it's it's not good. And what I hear you both saying is that the more we're able to talk about it and talk about it honestly, mm-hmm. um, not in the spirit of putting anybody down or right. even forcing people to think the way we do, because yeah. we all think differently, and but we can still, in the midst of that, come together and de- do good and respect each other. I grew up in a very ethnically diverse neighborhood. So mm-hmm. I'm you who, you know, <laughs> the holidays and the way different people celebrate them. And I'm, I'm just used to certain things. So it makes sense, at least to me, to be able to celebrate all of that without saying. And you might excuse me for a moment as, as a facilitator to share this with you. When I was in high school, I often could not understand my friends who were Jewish 
And man, if you said anything against Israel, they were going to go at it. Okay. But part of that was because I didn't understand some things and I had not had an opportunity um, to learn some things. And, And I did something. I don't know if those of you who have a chance to do it or if they even have this type of uh, museum nearby. But if you go to the Holocaust Museum, Mm -hmm. it will change your life. Oh, yeah. Okay, it will change your life. And so sometimes part of what we're doing is learning to become more aware and more sensitive to what a group of people have gone through. And for me, that helped me to... I won't even say some of the things that they were there because they're just so horrific even to describe it. But when I went and I learned, I gained a new respect. Mm -hmm. I understood. I even understand the concern. Um, We're not going political, but why there is a certain level of concern for people in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think calls like this help us learn more. Anybody else want to share? Well, can I jump back in one more time? (laughs) Give me one second. I just, I just, I just want to make sure that we um, get somebody who hasn't had a chance to share for the first time. Yes. Let's see. I'm not seeing any raised hands at the moment. Okay. And anybody, if you want to raise your hand at any time, we're checking it out. So Jane, go ahead, please. So, and I think now, what is the name of the other uh, voice that I was hearing that was just talking? Anyway, Meryl. Okay. So one of the things now I am presuming that you come at this from a place of being white in your color. Is that correct? And the only reason I ask is because I do too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I figured that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so no matter what else is happening in our world, we were raised in a culture that said simply, unequivocally, that our color made us the, the pop dog in the pile. Right, but I don't agree, you know. I don't agree either. Mm-hmm. But how you and I come at learning to unpack that crap mm-hmm. is what's important to you and me. Right. And so I bless you as you learn to say, look, you know, I may be white, but here's what I also have learned. Here's what I know. Here's what I don't know. And I celebrate your story and your history and the things that have impacted you. And I'm right there with you. Because I didn't know. I didn't know that I had this culturally assigned A-plus spot. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that. I knew that I was a woman, so that was a whammy. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I was blind, so that was a whammy. And after that, I began to say, well, so how do I help other people know that I've been double whammied, even though I am culturally signed this place of best? I don't want it. Right. Mm -hmm. Unless I earn it. Anyway, so that's all. And oh, I am going to mute now. Yeah, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm <you>. muting. <laughs> well, that's what we're here for, the exchange of ideas and information, because that's how we learn better 
um, about it. Uh, let me ask uh, another kind of question um, as as we are, you know, because let me be clear here. Even though the official celebration, quote unquote, has ended, we'll still continue these types of discussions. But again, I'll say a little bit more before we close out about some of the things that will be happening. Um, I wanted to throw out a question, though. What after this month, after the whatever it was, 28 days, I guess we should say we go a little over, what's your your biggest takeaway? What has made a difference to you and what will make a difference to you from here on out? Is there something that stands out for you that's kind of a takeaway as part of this month and as part of being um, in the celebration? Okay, we have a couple of raised hands. Barbie. Barbie. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say that majority of the time, my roommates coming up and in the areas I live in are predominantly white. And the church mm -hmm. I went to all of my life, and I still go there, it's called Covenant Life Church, predominantly white. All of my roommates were white. I had one African-American roommate and the rest of them were white or Chinese or Filipinos from Filipinos. Mm -hmm. And we were all, you know, in our teens growing up and we didn't see or think about all this stuff. I mean, we, you know, we rented homes you know, five and four bedroom houses and we lived there. We were roommates and we were friends and we did things together and everything, you know. And so I think for me, it's kind of hard to understand, like the lady said, you know, mm -hmm. she's coming from the perspective of a white person or whatever. Well, mm -hmm. um, I, I am not going to speak for any majority of anything because mm -hmm. A lot of people have different ideas, whether you're mm -hmm. white or black, even white people have different ideas about what they feel yeah. about black people and yeah. black people have different ideas about what they feel about white people. And then when you live with them and you go to their Christmases and Thanksgiving and even Jewish dinners and all that, you get a whole different idea. And then they come to your house and they learn how to do things and whatever. So that's mm -hmm. the only thing that I can bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And then my husband is Caucasian. Mm -hmm. And so like, um, it's just a matter of talking. And we talked about everything because I'm a very inquisitive person. So I'm going to ask you those hard questions, you know? So it is a matter of talking and whatever. And I think, it would be a disservice to anyone not to try to, get, even if it's just one person for one hour, get to know something substantial and all this like superficial stuff. It doesn't matter. Mm. Just really get to, if it's just one point of one subject, you would like to explore. At least you can say, I had this conversation and I had this particular topic answered because I was wondering about that it's the talking and to get to know each other and we're my friends we're still friends you know all of my friends they got kids and all that stuff and we're still friends and I'm auntie this and auntie that and 
mm-hmm. everything. And it's like, you know, I don't, I don't get it. And this thing about, I don't see color. Well, I feel insulted if you say that to me. And secondly, why would you approach me just by what color I am? My name is Barbie. My given name mm. is Barbara Ann. And just like the Barbie doll, her name was Barbara. And Barbie is a legitimate nickname for Barbara. And so I've been called Barbie most of my life. And it's like people have a problem with that. Well, I don't accept that on me. That's your problem. See, that's the thing. Mm. People take on stuff that doesn't belong to them. You know, just stay in your seat. Just sit down and take it easy and do what you do. Because no matter what, we all going to live and die the color we are. And if you don't want to get to know another color, another race, another way of doing things, another anything, that's your miss. That's your, that's one of you. That's going to be a part of knowledge that you're not going to have to share with somebody. You know, see, now I can go out and talk to anybody because I expose myself to a lot of things and I do a lot of it on purpose. You know, like Asian or Afghanistan, all these people, you know, so I don't know. That's that's what I'm feeling about. And all this hatred or whatever. And it's not just a black and white race. There's been this stuff going on with all the races. See, that's another thing I don't understand. Why they just pin it on the black and white race? All the races are having trouble with each other. It's like everybody to just sit down, shake hands and break a piece of bread together and just get over themselves. Thank you. You said a lot, Barbie. Thank you for sharing and thanks for your passion and all of that. And um, Let's go on because I want to hold back on some things, but I want to make sure we've got room and we've, we're really listening. Thank you. Okay, next is Lynn. First of all, first of all, Barbie, what you said was absolutely beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we should never say that we don't. We should never see the say that we don't see color because we live in a racist society. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. When I was a college student, I took a class on black literature. I've always been very interested in um, other people and black literature and stuff like that. I mean, every everything that I was interested in, and I knew you know, what racism was. And when I was in high school, um, I walked out when other uh, African-American students walked out, you know, because I knew it was happening with SNCC and organizing mm. for, uh, you know, for better uh, for better uh, options for voting and all that stuff. And I was in an integrated school in high school. So I walked out when the, when the African-Americans walked out. Um, I did that in a couple of times when I went to a women's music festival and we weren't very happy with how uh, some of the um, African-American singers were being treated. So we walked out, you know, we walked out because we didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing this kind of stuff all my life. And, you know, just the fact that I knew about SNCC and my parents had me go out of school. We had the boycott in New York. You know, I mean, I, I've known about this stuff for a long time, but it doesn't mean that I'm not racist. It doesn't mean that I don't haven't had racist, you know, that with inculcated racism from the white perspective. I also, I also want to push back a little bit on what Jane said, because when you are white and you're also Jewish, it's a very different thing than just being white and something it else. Is. Yeah. 
So mm, I want to make I want to make it very clear that um, being Jewish and white is a very different thing in terms of anti-Semitism has not gone away. And so, you know, when we when we say these generalized things, Barbara kind of said this too. You know, we can't generalize people. We have to learn learn from people. We have to know people from their very insides. We have to really respect people and listen to them because what we really miss, even as blind people, is really listening to each other. And that's what I have to say. Mm. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad we're recording because this is good stuff. Melinda, anybody else? Yeah, we actually have uh, three or four hands raised here. So I'm going to go over to uh, Beth. Beth, you can unmute. Yes, can you hear me? There you go. Yes, ma'am. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yes, I um, I missed the first ten minutes of of this, but um, thank you for doing this call. I um, I well, people here in 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 my state have experienced racism, but it um, it hit me like a ton of bricks when I went to Little Rock because. Uh, they still had some of the things of segregation, which we had no idea of. I mean, like the drinking fountains and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, and they're like, oh, no, you can't drink from there. Why? Why not? You know, because I don't see color either. I'm I'm blind. And uh, they're like, oh, because that's not for you. Now, I am, I will say I'm Hispanic and uh European. Uh-huh. And I think we have a we do have a little bit of Sephardic ancestry as well, but um, there were several things that uh, you know, New Mexico didn't become a state till 1912, but there was still a lot of uh, racism between the Hispanics and and um, and Caucasian people, and I noticed it. Well, like I said, when I went to Little Rock, and then with my with my children, um, because their father is is Cuban, but people would people would tell me, "Oh, you know what a good looking son you have." And then when they found out that he was his dad, their attitude completely did a one eighty. Like, oh, mm-hmm. kind of like if I didn't know any better or something like that, you know. And I don't know, it just. This really bothered me, but um, I think we should have more dialogue between the races, between all races, like the Native American, the Orientals, you know, the, the blacks and whites. Um, I am kind of light-skinned, so I guess that uh, people probably looked at me as... That's right. Even though I can, I consider myself Latino because of my mom and mm-hmm. you know, my my parents. My dad was Italian, you know. But I, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I we do need more dialogue. And somebody was right, not to get political, but if we don't talk to people, that's that's why we're um, in the situation we're in with Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got you. Thank you. 
Thanks for um, Also, uh, like, you know, different family things come up, you know, and, and um, I don't know. I don't think that people, we shouldn't, that we should be that way. We should all learn how to dialogue, like I said before. Mm-hmm. Among, Thank you. Among different people, and that's what I would take away from this call. Thanks. Because I I personally go out and meet different uh, people, like Barbie was saying, from Afghanistan, from, you know, whatever, just to learn about their cultures, because I think it helps when we do that. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing. Belinda? Thank you. Thanks, Earl. All right. Next up is Sandra. Oh, good evening, Sandra. Good evening, Pam. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. Glad to hear it. Um, So I just wanted to kind of piggyback on what pretty much everyone else has been saying. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think this idea that people don't see color, mm, that's an illusion. Um, I think even as people who are blind or visually impaired, we're still a microcosm of society. So um, I'm not as, I know for me, um, just conversations that I've had, you know, people are, conscious i'd say we're race conscious doesn't mean we necessarily use that information negatively but i think it is unreasonable to expect that people don't see color like that uh, I, I have and and if we um we may be blind but it doesn't mean we have we don't have other ways of finding out information whatever it is we want to know so um but I really think dialogue is critical. Um, I think mm. we have to have the good conversations, the bad conversations, and the conversations in between that may go to the left. Um, and it's important because I think people walk away, people want to want to talk. It, it's how a lot of angst and, and unfortunate situations crop up. Primarily because of ignorance. Now, I know for me, um, as a child, I had friends of all different races. I went to synagogue and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. one of the things that was most important to me, though, is that my white blonde friends got to see me doing my hair and how what the process looked like. And, And these days. I have so many of my white blind friends who have no clue what it takes to do our hair. And they're completely like, and I think it's things like that, you know, when you're young enough and you're open-minded enough to kind of have that experience as a teenager, it helps. It shapes who Mm -hmm. you ultimately become. Because as blind people, in order for us, we see with our hands. That means if we want to see someone's hair, we have to get close enough to touch it. Now, as we get older, of course, we learn norms and okay, you can't necessarily do that. But if we do it young enough, it's amazing what sorts of information we can gather. It's stuff like that, that we have to continue. We have to find a way to never 
cut off the dialogue because mm. I feel like that's the only way. You're not going to always agree. You're not going to, but you don't have to be disagreeable in order to disagree. And we still have to, I mean, this melting pot idea, no, nah, I, I think more like salad. We're celebrating people's mm. uniqueness, people's difference, because mm. we're all Races are, you know, different. Yes, we're people, but we bring differences to the table and that's okay. And that should be mm -hmm. celebrated rather than sort of frowned upon, uh, yeah. ignored, disgraced, you know, prejudiced, narrow-minded, all those things. It's, it's really important that we all have a, feel like we have this space so that we can celebrate our cultures unapologetically. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> you guys are deep tonight. Wow. <laughs> Melinda, next person. All right, next up is Jane. I think the takeaway for me, and by the way, Lynn, I really appreciated what you said. White isn't everything. Uh, and believe me, it isn't always at the heart of our identity, that's for sure. Um, but I think the thing, the takeaway for me, and I am really looking for uh, documentation about what the culture in the U.S. is. Just, yes, I know about the Bill of Rights and the statements of our independence and the Gettysburg Address and all of that. But I want to know the stipulations about how this culture operates. Um, I know it can be a really binary deal. You know, it's either this way or that way. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking for more information about that. So that's the takeaway for me. Thank you. Jane, I just want to make sure that I understood when you said how this culture operates, and I wasn't clear what you meant when you said this culture. I just the culture sure we I live in in the United States. You know, what are, what are the more of those binary things um, under which we operate? How uh, I think about how I understand um, privilege came to be such a part of this culture. I don't know that that was intentional. It's just that people who immigrated here were so thankful to be shut of all of the things that had them locked down that they grew to assume that what they had now was the best way it should be and anything that countered that was not good or that should be under their bias, under their rule, so to speak, whether it was intentional rule or not. I'm just really thinking about this culture, and I don't know a lot about what to think uh, yet. I think these days it's kind of tough because our culture is so blended at times yes. or at least attempts to be, do it. But I yeah. think one of the challenges, and you guys correct me if if you see this differently, is that we have to keep in mind that each one of us represents um, not only a dominant culture, but a blend 
of so yeah. many kinds yeah. of things that we're often trying to put together and bring together. And sometimes we're not going to be able to separate them into this or that or the other. It will still be the diversity that's going yeah. to reign supreme. Because an example is, and, and help me out, some of you have heard me say this, that when I talk to some of my friends who are white and they're talking about their history, even though the circumstances weren't the greatest, but they mm -hmm. voluntarily came to this country, leaving yes. something that was bad. Yes. Okay, like my friends often who can tell me who are Irish, talk to me about the, what they know about the, um, I think it was called the potato famine, yes, and mm -hmm. how there was just no food and they left and how they oh. came and many people came with nothing, knowing oh. anybody. Yet oh. for me, my ancestors were stolen property and forced. Yes. And so that's a different kind of slant. But then you also have Pam, who has a full-blooded Cherokee great-grandmother. My father's family was interbred with people who were Scottish. Thus, you have the last name Shaw. Um, yes. My Some of my relatives were owned by Native Americans. And so you've got all this blend. So I think sometimes, Jane, but folks, it's our, your call, too, we may not be able to get it like that. Oh, and no. I think that's why I heard some folks mm -hmm. say this evening, what we are getting more comfortable with, and I've sensed this over the last couple of weeks, is mm -hmm. celebrating the diversity. So when I say, or anyone says, I don't see color, what I hear them, maybe what they could be saying is that when I meet someone, that may not be my first focus. But I know from some, many of my sighted friends who have commented to me that for the mm -hmm. most part, what they first see, you know what yes. I'm saying, when their eyes yes. are open. I've been blind since birth, so maybe I don't mm -hmm. understand that. But what their eyes first see is yes. a person with a color. Now, it's more right. what they do with it. Right. You know, that's right. Pam's thing. Next so, speaker. <laughs> can I just add one thing? You know, I, okay. I agree. I dislike the statement, oh, I never think of color. And I used to flippantly say that when I was younger because I thought, ha, huh, I don't have to see it. So when my children were young, we were out for a walk and a donut and a conversation. And my youngest said to me, and he took my hands in his hands and he spread them far like shoulder width apart. And he said, there is a very big man and he's very tall, and he reached up to show me, and he is brown. And I said, okay, what else do you see? And he said, well, his eyes are sparkling. They're looking at me, and he smiled mm -hmm. at me. And I go, there you go. That's what you got to keep. But That's right. So when they're young, I heard somebody else say, when they're young, yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank Our next speaker? All right. Next up is area code 608 ending in 619 29219. Hi, this is Peter Heidi. Um, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the conversation that we had that, that my reading uh, this last February especially has, has uh, really impressed on me the the um, the language of racism is an mm -hmm. artificial language. We don't we we know scientifically 
uh, and and uh, genealogically, um, you know that race race is an artificial term that we use as a way of being able to create um, the, these strata strata within society, and um, that that allows us to say that some people are better than other people. And so my question tonight is, is can we have this conversation that we're having without that artificial designation? Or is it, or do we have to maintain that in order to be able to have uh, the conversation about ethnic and cultural uh, differences and, um, and, and ways of discussing um, who's, who's in the room and how are we going to learn to live with one another? Um, Excuse me, I didn't catch your name. I'm sorry, your first name? Peter. Peter. Okay, got it there. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, Peter, one thing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Please continue. Well, I was going to say that the the other thing that I would like to say is um, there was no sense of joy about, uh, you know, systematically, um, that if we read uh, the indigenous indigenous people's history of the United States, um, that the woman that uh, that wrote the book makes a wonderful point about um, the the um, one of the results of the Reformation um, in the 16th century, which is coincidentally about the time that people start coming, white people start coming to this country. Um, was in uh, the Calvinist uh, thinking that you could tell who was privileged or who was saved by um, the affluence of the people, and that that they came knowing that they were saved, and that the people that they met were not like them, and so they made the assumption that since they were saved and the people that were there weren't. Um, mm. And that, that that established not just the right to take land, but it also established their right to eliminate um, cultures, peoples, uh, territories that, um, and, and to eliminate the people from the land that they were going to take because they were saved, and the other people weren't, and that. Uh, so and that I mean that that ideology um, also was the the thought process that allowed them to own other people, as you have pointed out tonight already, um, because um, they were better because they were saved, and the people that they yeah. were buying were not. Um, right. That I mean that is not something about celebrating being so grateful. Um, when they come to the land, but a planned, organized system that allowed them to other everybody, everyone who wasn't like them, and um, it is it is core to the way that we have uh, created our entire uh, our entire society, including the language of race. Yeah. Peter, thank you so much for sharing, and then I'm going to open it um, up to the group because what I'm about to say may not sit well with some people, but I think it's important 
Um, on, I'll speak for this particular community call, what I think is appropriate is to allow people to speak in their language where they are. That perhaps over time, and that's up to them whether they choose to change their language or not, and as long as it's not offensive, I'm, I'm reluctant to say don't say race or don't say this or don't say that because that's part of our growth. That's part of what we are doing. As so many people have said tonight, that's why we need the dialogue because yeah. of the issue that you just raised. I mean, let's be clear. There's only, we're all from the same quote-unquote race if we use that category, which is human. Yeah. But in the world today, the word race does uh, mean some things, and it's applied in you know different ways. The other thing is, um, thank you for the historical side that you said, because one of the things... It wasn't just believing that people were better, but one of the things that made it easier for some people to even own slaves and support slavery was their belief that black people, people of that color, did not have souls. And so therefore, the same way you would treat an animal would be the same way you would treat this person. But as far as language, you're right. The dialogue language means different things to different people. But I, I just want to say here... I hope everyone understands that we invite you to speak your truth and to speak what is authentic um, for you because that's the only way that we're going to ever be able to hear each other and move forward. So thank you, Peter, for sharing. Thank you. Uh, Pam, it is 820, and you do have another raised hand. Okay, I'd like to go ahead and take that raise hand, please. Okay, Cache. Hello. Hey, good evening, Cache. Good evening. It's been a lot of great information. It's been a lot of great presentations over the month of January and February, I would say. Um, hmm, so much to say. Um, so much has already really been said. I think one of the most important things for me when you um, as we talk about uh, pro progress and the things that um, worked in the past that need to be brought to the present, the things that maybe didn't work in the past that maybe need some improvement. Um, one of the greatest things I think that we all can do in that process is to unlearn the lessons that got us to this point. And um, when we think about uh, racism and the injustices and inequalities and persecution and discrimination and segregation, a lot of those things, um, if not all of them really, uh, come from a place of learning from someone else that they are correct. So in order to uh, <laughs> correct the incorrection, <laughs> we have to unlearn <laughs> the lessons. <laughs> we have to unlearn the lessons that we have um, taken on as to be true. And um, one thing um, that I will say is that it has to start with respect respecting of individuals, respecting of 
uh, every person as a human person. And whether you see them or don't see their color, recognize um, the importance of that color. If it wasn't important, we wouldn't have to identify it on documentation. We wouldn't have to identify it on applications. We wouldn't Mm. have to identify it so much. So our identity matters. Our identity matters. And we have to respect. uh, We have to respect that. And having respect for the journey, um, even when we haven't treaded that journey, is very important. So whether it's the road of privilege whether it's the road of persecution of injustice we got to respect each other's journey and when we come in the middle to meet how can we make the journey to the end better and uh, recognizing um the, the sensitivities of issues has to start with uncomfortable conversation and for me um again it's about observing um, that although I have not experienced it, I can still be empathetic to it. Um, wow. And finally, my takeaway is that um, every person has the responsibility to speak up when something's not right, when something feels wrong, when something is not giving its just due or just justice everybody has the right and responsibility to speak up and no title no position uh no authority um should overreign who we are as humans and um we can't just sit back and say it's not my problem we can't sit back and say that Oh, the, the next person's coming. They'll do it because what mm-hmm. if what what if what if you were put in the right place at the right time to be that person to speak up? Wow! And finally, again, um, I would love for us to see that we move beyond having conversations to having clear communication because conversations sometimes can go awry. With people could talk over one another. People could be talking and not listening. And with communication, mm-hmm. there has to be a process of someone speaking, but there also has to be, there has to be a time of listening to the other person. Um, and when we listen to someone else, we understand that um, educating ourselves on languages, cultures, perspectives, and viewpoints all make a difference. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. Again, I am so glad that this call is being recorded because this is good and this is worth the listening. Thank you. And um, I do have a couple of announcements for you. First of all, I wanted you to know that these particular calls, instead of being um, every week, will be the first and third Monday. Okay, so starting this month, this being the first, and there'll be a call on the third Monday. You're going to see something we'll be posting to the list that will define these calls as Harambe calls. That's H-A-R-A-M-B-E-E. And as I said earlier, that means let's pull together. Now, the purpose of the call 
is to bring together members of the African-American community so that we can share experiences, share our strengths, and share our hope. And certainly, certainly, our friends and members of the community are invited to be on these calls. And so we don't want anybody to feel that they're not welcome, but we just want everybody to know what the focus of the calls will be. We will have different topics. We are planning to have some guest speakers coming to share with us on various things of interest to the community and some things that people may not even be uh, aware of. I won't go into any of the specific topics this evening, but just stay tuned. And so having said that, would like to ask, as you have been participants, to ask that you do several things, and you're already doing it. One is that you show up. Thank you for being here. The other is that you share information on these calls with each other. And also, you may just want to be a guest on this um, on this show by being a, a co-host or just someone who's interviewed. But certainly we want you to make some suggestions on possible topics as well. Um, because as I'm listening to you, believe it or not, from some of what you're saying, I'm actually pulling out topics that make some sense to me. So again, thank you very much. Now what I'd like to do and I want to honor the uh, ACB rules, I cannot give you my personal email address, but what I am going to give you is a email specifically for uh, this show. Now there are two options. One you can send to, and Belinda help me if I get it wrong, community at acb.org and Cindy or one of the members of the team with saying that you want to be in touch with me will send me your information and I'll be back in touch. But also here is another place where you can send um, direct email and they will reach me as well. And it just says the word Harambe, H-A-R-A-M-B-E-E, and the letters P-S, P, and S, like when you write postscript, okay, at gmail.org. So, we want you to be part of the process. We want you to invite your friends, people in your your state affiliates and other special interest affiliates. And again, we want to have a good array um, of topics. And we've got some great people in and outside of our organization who are excited about what we're doing. Um, such as it depends on me, our calls will take a positive tone, a productive tone, and using still those themes of being inviting respectful, and welcoming. So thank you again. Thanks for coming. 